Well, as we get back into it today, and we've been, over the last few weeks, we've been dissecting some words that have been holdups and hangups for people through their Christian life. And today we're going to do the same exact thing again today, but we're going to kind of twist it a little bit. And let's talk about religion. <clears throat> religion, if we look at this word and we break it down and we look at the Greek lexicon, lexicon of it, uh, religion has a couple different meanings. And it's interesting. So one is religious worship. Sure. It is what it is. But this is the one I really like when you think of religion. Religion as a whole. External, that which consists of ceremonies. Hmm. And I think in in our society today that we get more hung up on ceremonies than what we do when we actually focus on the Word of God and what the gospel is actually telling us. And I think it's important for us to understand and to always know that it is not our opinion that is saving souls. It's not our religion that is saving souls. Religion has never saved one single person. God is greater than religion. I love the Journey t-shirt with on the back of it, God is greater than religion. Religion ain't going to save you in any way, shape, or form. What saves, what changes, what breaks down barriers, what tears down walls is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The death, the burial, the resurrection, God's saving glory poured out to a lost and dying humanity with Christ standing with his arms wide open saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Knowing that none of us are good, no, not one, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God in his righteous mercy and in his love sent forth Jesus to come into this earth to die for the sinner, as the Apostle Paul said, of whom I am chiefest of all. And you know, you see these things and you hear how people want to get so hung up on religion and how they how they want to just tie it to it and they they think it's religion that's saving them it's it's not religion in any way shape or form it's the mercy the grace of god through the blood of jesus christ and my mind goes back to the book of james chapter 1 verses 26 and 27 if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart this man's religion is vain, vain. Vain, a vain religion. In other words, it's no good. Mm. It's vain. Yeah. And I think this points right to the heart of the man, woman, boy, and girl today. If we can't learn to bridle our tongue, and but we, we seem religious. We're beautiful outwardly. Oh man, we put on the we put on we put on the beautiful garments, man. We we go to Sunday morning service. We we roll in like champs. And we sit there beautiful on the outside, mm. but internally we're just dead. Mm. And your mind goes back to Jesus as he spoke 
to the Pharisees, the Sadducees that were standing around, woe unto you, you scribes, Pharisees, you're hypocrites, for you're like whited sepulchers. You're beautiful outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. Now listen to pure religion, verse 27, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their, in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. That's tough it's tough but let's dive into this today jamie let's dissect religion because i believe and you can correct me if you feel differently i believe that people get too hung up on religion and they forget the gospel right so good opening thank you for for opening the can today um there's a lot in there's a lot in this container uh there is a lot and we may have to break it up into a couple episodes just because there is a lot to discuss here and so anthony i i want to kind of stir in it a little bit as we just just kind of opened up the topic as a believer in Jesus as a Christian in a postmodern culture um a culture that questions everything a culture that is um teaching um, um anything but Jesus right Jesus is very offensive in in the culture in which we live um, it is it is more so important, even today, that we be able to understand the why to what we believe. Yeah. The, the you know and and so I think that that you know and Heather and I, my wife and I, went through a season where what what we've called de- deconstructing our faith. So we had this set of beliefs, right? And and each individual group. Or person, family, or or tribe has a set beliefs, a set belief system. Each denomination, each each people group has a set set of beliefs, a set of traditions. Uh, some of it's based on culture, some of it's based on tradition, some of it's based on scripture. Um, so the difficult part of deconstructing our faith. And I think that's that's an exercise that I'm going to encourage every single believer to do is deconstruct your faith. Now, it's scary to do that because that that means that we may have to um sorry, my ring notification, somebody's at my front door. <laughs> um that 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 we may have to divorce an idea or concept that's been presented to us as sacred that's not really sacred. Um so I think it, it it's a soul searching. It's a it's a seeking the face of God. It's opening the Bible without a preconceived notion of what you think it already means, and allowing your walk as a believer to be formed by the Word and the Spirit, and not and, and then erasing the influence that that mere flesh and humanity and tradition and culture may have on your walk as a believer. And and so so that's that's making a list of why we believe what we believe, and making a list of things that 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 we do believe, and then understanding okay now how does the Bible how does the Bible either prove that or disprove that, is it scriptural or not scriptural? Is it cultural? Is it tradition? And it's it's an exercise that my wife and I went through in 2011. It took about it took about a year and a half where we we. We jotted down the things that we thought were co- were core tenets to what we believed, um, and and we began to seek the face of the Lord and and understand those in, in depth. 
And Anthony, what we found is that one by one by one, we started crossing off things on that list that were extra biblical, that were tradition and culture and man-made and not what thus saith the Lord or the Word of God. And But previous to that, um, previous to that, we had... Um, we had lived our lives as as believers in Christ, making those things sacred, making those things high and spiritual and exalted, and 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 we deified the the men and women who handed down tradition over time that became biblical. And then when we were put on the spot and had to explain the biblical principle behind why we believed what we believed. Anthony, we were taking verses out of context. We were taking verses uh, that meant something totally different than what we were saying that it meant. And and it, it was hard to go through the process of divorcing from those ideas that formed our behaviors. And but but it's an it's an exercise of of you know, I use the word deconstructing because it really is taking brick by brick what built us, what built our behaviors. It's taking it apart and then allowing the word to construct it the way it was originally meant to be constructed. It's interesting to hear you say that because I see what you're saying. And to deconstruct your indoctrine. Yes. Because that's what it is. You were indoctrined into a certain way. And let's be honest, there's a lot of times that things are said that happen up in a pulpit that may not absolutely be true. But that goes back in the scripture where we are to try the spirits, where we're to seek the face of God. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all, we're, we're just flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's times that we're going to get things wrong. Sure. But I believe that as children of God, if we're going to truly be rooted and grounded in the word of God, then we should go in and we should research. We should dig. And you should you should intent that in your heart that what and I think that we fail this is we hear a sermon preached and we just take it for the gospel and we just go on. Right. And we never dive in deeper in it. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form. But what if we as a people would begin to actually dig in deeper <clears throat> into the word of God, to do like you said, to deconstruct it, to actually look at it and to prove it. You know, to because I mean, it's something to hear it. And to apply it to your life, but sure. to believe it with all your heart and to know where the where the foundation of it comes from. And I think that also goes back to sometimes when we do this, when we've been indoctrinated in such a way that we really don't have a good foundation. And I believe that's what makes a lot of us stumble and fall yes, and yes. crumble to the side. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that... that I don't know how many times I've said it, but it's just, it's the, a statistic that absolutely breaks my heart, and that is the one where it talks about the high school, the high school student versus the college student. Right. The high school student indoctrinated in whether their family goes to church, they go to church, whatever that looks like in any way, shape, or form, when they go to the house of God, right. put it that way, and they get indoctrinated, mm-hmm. but they never develop a foundation of it, sure. and it's just. It's it's just like it's shoved in their throat. And this is the way you're going to believe. Asking the question one time, why are you here? Well, I was drugged. I was I was kicking and screaming. I didn't want to come. Yeah. The splinters are still underneath my fingernails where I was pulled off the porch. I didn't want to be here, but this is yeah. the way it is. Yeah. And then we get to college, and we're tried. Right. And whenever that trying comes, somebody starts yep. questioning our faith. They just fall apart. So the statistic is mm-hmm. it's staggering. 
So it's 75% roughly <clears throat> oh my gosh. will fall to the side, mm-hmm. and they will not carry the mantle yeah. of the Lord, and they will question their faith, and they'll question everything about, the, about their faith. Mm-hmm. And then the college itself will indoctrinate them right, with the right. ways of the world. And it just breaks your heart. And and the college will have something. Now, let's just be honest. The college will have something many times yes. that we have failed to provide. It's so true. As a church. Yep. And that is the understanding, the knowledge piece. Mm. And, and, and the scripture teaches us that we perish for lack of, of knowledge. knowledge. The, yep. the, 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 the prophet said that. 700 years before Jesus was even born, he knew that we were going to go down this path, right? Yeah. And, and I think that the, the universities offer something that, that, um, that sometimes we as a church have, have, have failed to do, and that is offer them that the Bible is not a fairy tale. It, uh, there is so much rich knowledge to be gained and gleaned from this, and so what? What they do is is that we we sometimes base our spirituality on emotionalism, on um, experiences uh, of 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 highs or, or lows. Uh, we we base it on um, the whether we fit uh, into a certain culture or not, whether we have received accolade or praise or, and then not really having the rootedness in the scripture for why do we sing these songs? Why is, why do we raise our hands? Why do we live a modest life? Why do we avoid abstain from sexual sin? Because they're bad. why yeah. and, and understanding the why it roots us into a truth. So so many extra biblical things are handed down through the years over time in denominations, in in sex, in families, in in groups of people, and and it's handed down, and it becomes it what was secular becomes sacred. And then the, they get to the university, and the university deconstructs that easily because they can prove that it's what you're saying is man-made. It's an opinion. It's not. It's not something that's based off of any. So, but but when we can root ourselves in the Word of God, and 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 our behaviors, our actions, our traditions, what we do as we live life is rooted in Scripture. Now that means, guys, when we put things through the sifter of the of the scripture, there's going to be things that we have to say. You know what? That's an opinion. That's not the word. I can't hand that to anyone else. And matter of fact, um, um, you know, a good example of that is when Jesus looked at the Pharisees and said, "Hey, guys, you're putting burdens on people that you're not even willing to bear yourself." Yeah. The the, the Pharisees added in the Talmud. Rules and pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of extra biblical rules that they placed on people's lives. I'm talking about hard things, things that that God didn't say, that the Word didn't say, and they were putting burdens on people's lives, and people were straining themselves, trying to live up to not God's Word, but what some men had gathered together in some holy room and decided that the people should do. They meant well. They really meant well. They weren't evil men. There wasn't men that were just trying to seditiously tear people down. They meant well. Yeah. 
but but they but they what they what they did is in their human folly of trying to please God in the flesh, they failed, and they become they become men who made secular things into sacred things. So what I'm gathering you saying is that religion ain't going to do you a bit of good when you go out into this world. Religion isn't. It's going to be a rooted, grounded. Rock solid foundation mm-hmm. that you have in the scripture and yes. in knowing who your savior is. There's a lot of people that are religious. Man, I'm once said that everybody's religious in some way, shape, or form. Even the atheist, they're religious against religion. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So true. And it's not helping nobody. Yeah. And what we do is, I believe that we do the same exact thing that Christ was speaking to when he was speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees, these hypocrites. You know, he was saying the same thing, and we do the same thing today. We lay burdens on people that yeah. we can't even obtain yeah. to ourselves. Yeah. And let me ask you something. If you sit down and you break down religion as a whole, let's be honest with each other here for a minute. Now, I'm talking about religion, whatever you're indoctrinated with. And you set that down, and you're trying to win souls for the kingdom of God. How in the world are they ever going to be able to come to the saving knowledge of Christ if we're shoving religion down their throat instead of the gospel of Christ? How? how we're, so here's the question. Yes. What is it that's appealing about being a child of God to the world that the world sees? What is appealing to be, what's appealing about religion? Let's start there. Number one, what is appealing about religion? Right now, if you had to answer that right now, if somebody came up to you and they said, what's appealing about your religion? That's, what they, that's how they let off with the question. Yep. What is there that's appealing about your religion? Right. And my, I would answer them, there's nothing appealing about my religion, but there's something appealing about my relationship. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Because there's nothing appealing about religion because religion's dead. <clears throat> Religion is dead, and it it breaks my heart to no end to see how people are so hung up and so indoctrinated with religion that they're no earthly good, and they can't win souls for Christ because of this. And and, and Anthony, the thing thing that that we were thinking about, okay, I'm going to talk about when we were in it. Yeah. You know, because where you're saying your heart breaks. Here's my, my heart breaks, because people around the world Meaning well, they're not bad people. No, meaning well. We were good people. We were good people, but all we could think about is, um, you know, I'm just going to break the mold here. I'm going to say a few things that that we believed, then we held on to. I'm not going to dance around it. We didn't have a TV in our home, Um, and I remember the first time we brought a television in so our kids could watch a show about Jonah and the whale. (laughs) <laughs> right, we brought a TV in the house. Friends came over. We wasn't thinking about the message of Jonah for our kids or <laughs> or the word. We were we were concerned that they were going to see our TV. This is 2010, and what do we do? We hid it in the closet. That's a sh- I'm ashamed of that today. But but what I'm saying is this: is that we did that not because we were hiding it from God, because we knew we couldn't hide it from God. We were more concerned about whether we were accepted by a group oh. of people than whether God accepted us or not. How heartbreaking! Now, I'm ashamed of what of that, but I want to be honest. You're about real. Where we were. That's right. Be real, and, man. And I mean, you know, you've got 
you've got you've got things like um, um, uh, certain dress codes that are handed down, certain styles of of music that are that are handed oh, down. You know, and and here's another example. Okay, well let me let me stop there just for a second, because there was a day and time when the hymnal that's used today was new. Yeah, and the people that had brought on the hymnal and were starting to sing hymns, you know, it, you know, with the, this organized book of hymns, like people were trying to organize this, you know, and, and and it was worldly then. Yeah. Okay. When they brought a piano in, it was worldly then. It was evil. So. So style and genre and time and, and, and sections of time are are deified, glorified, and made sacred and not secular. Yeah. Because style and genre is secular, guys. It's not sacred. No. Southern gospel is not the only style of music, nor is the modern praise and worship. Because mm-hmm. I promise you that there's going to be another form of a different style come in 15, 20 years, and, and we're going to be sitting back in our pews, crossing our arms and saying, that's not Michael W. Smith. Michael W. Smith is the way that, you know, or, you know, or, or casting crowns is the old, is the, that's what we heard when we were kids. But the thing is, is, that's my generation. The previous generation was the Crab family. The one before that was Hank Williams. <laughs> yep. You know, and so probably not. I don't know who that was. So, but what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is that. Oh, so, hey. so here's another example, Anthony, of 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 us deconstructing our faith. I was I was uh, I, I was always told to have facial hair. Now I'm just being honest, guys. I'm putting this out to the world. I'm revealing my my. History. You're really being real today. It is what it is. <laughs> because there's people, guys, we go through this. We just don't talk about it. It's taboo. It's true. It's taboo. Okay. Yeah. I was told that and taught that facial hair was evil. And um, I started asking questions why. And I was told things like, okay, by one of the most prominent ministers in the movement, I was told that, well, the scripture says that we're to be childlike. And except we be converted as a little child, will in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Okay. So I was like, okay. Anthony, is that out of context? I would. I, I, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, my, I'm, I'm sitting there. My mouth literally just popped open. It, it, out of context. Bad. Okay. So then, but I took it and I went, well, it's okay. I don't want to be unaccepted by this group. And they believe that. And we're just going to take it and run with it. So I did. I took it. Run with it. Then I got to reading in my Bible, okay, um, and and I was asked I was asked a few years later right about about this, and and I asked the question I said so can you tell me in the scripture why you believe what you believe and I was expecting the person to say uh, this verse that that yeah. was that, that this person referred to and they didn't they referred to Isaiah seven and twenty when. Um, <laughs> When the uh, the Lord was going to shave the head and face of the king of Assyria, and and they were using that as the see the Lord wants you to shave your face, <laughs> and it was a shave of shame. If you understand the context of the scripture, it was a shave of shame. It was, it was shameful yes. to be shaven. Okay, yeah. so they they read half the verse, yeah, half the scripture. And um, <laughs> they bent they bent it to make it yeah. fit their agenda. Yeah, yeah. Then I ask them, "Can you turn to that?" And then I was like, "Yeah." And I said, "Can you read the rest of that verse?" 
And the rest of that verse says, and the hairs of their feet shall be removed. I said, so my question to you is, do you shave your feet? <laughs> what kind of response did you get? Oh, anger. <laughs> I can't imagine. Anger. But I mean, I, I wasn't trying to poke and, and provoke, but I'm yeah. trying to provoke a thought. Yeah. That, dude, you what you're saying is extra biblical. It's yeah. not even... You wanted to dissect it. Yeah. You wanted to. See, you wanted them to see that it was that this is that that it was taken out of context. You dissected. You dissected man-made religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And, and another one. Another one. Um. Uh. You know. There's a scripture. It was used many, many, many times. And um, I wish I would have jotted it down. Some things you just try to wipe out of your memory, but you should you should write things down. Um, but there was a scripture that was used. Um. Um. It was a it was a uh, wearing. I say, oh goodness, what was it? Yeah, it was a scripture in the in in the law where there were teaching to wear for women not to wear garments that were man's garments, and then the rest of the scripture actually said not to wear mixed material, cotton and linen and and the mixed material. So so the thing is 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 that. Reading the whole scripture in context, guys, is critical to understanding what the Word of God's saying. Now, you could take, I call them one-verse wonders. You could take a verse that says, if your right eye offend you, pluck it out. And you could start a movement called the Church of the One-Eyed Brethren. (laughs) And you could say, but the Bible said it. <laughs> and that's what it would be. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you could do it. Oh, you could. It's so sad. <laughs> but is it in context? No. No. No, not at all. The one handed brethren. Church of the one handed brethren. <laughs> or church of the left handed brethren because all the right hands have been. <laughs> We can't give you the right hand of fellowship. We'll give you the left hand. I'm, you know, we're not making fun in any way, shape, or form. It's, we just the biggest thing is to see and to break this to break the mold. Yes, break the mold and see. The biggest thing I would that any listener would take away today is to search the scriptures, to read the Word of God, and to know your Father's Word and know what it means to study and to seek His face. And to and not to not to believe in man-made religion or man-made yeah. doctrines, yes. but to understand who God is and what 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 the nature of God is. God's nature has never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and, forever. and forevermore. He changes not. He's not like the seasons that come and go. God is not a seasonal God. He's an on-time, always ready present help time of trouble god mm. he changes not it it should break all of our hearts it really should because i think it points the finger to each and every one of us man I, when you was talking about the hymn book i remember the first i remember going to services that hymn books weren't sung out of and i i, I felt ashamed i was like oh my goodness i mean i remember that and i mean it was I, you say taboo it really was it's like oh, they're not singing from a hymnal what is this they're doing this praise and worship music i was like oh. but then i realized that the lord said to make a joyful noise unto the lord right right and that that takes many different forms yeah. it key, takes many different the key forms. word is unto the lord yes and i'm not singing unto man 
Right. It wasn't about me being pleased yes. as a parishioner in the church. Yes. It was about me giving that worship and glory back to God. I love Francis Chan. And and one of the things Francis uh, said, um, and to your to your point, bouncing off what you yeah. said, after a service one day, one of his one of his uh, uh, folks that were attended a service came to him and said, "I didn't enjoy the worship today." <laughs> and he said his response good. was, "That's good. Yeah. It wasn't for you anyway. It wasn't for you." When we think of it that way, it it dissects it, it tears it down, it breaks down a barrier. It does because we're indoctrinated to think, well, that's the only way to worship God. But there's not. There's many ways to worship God. You can go through the scripture and you can see praise offerings that we're supposed to give to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, you can see them dancing. You yes, can see them absolutely. crying. You can see them on their prostrate, yes. on their face. You can oh, see them. Oh, my goodness. And there's and, been many times I've been in every one of those situations. Yep. And I, I really didn't know what to do, how to yep. worship God. And what to do. I mean, I just, I felt so inadequate. Yeah. I felt so inadequate. But. Religion has to be broke down. You've got to tear down that wall. Yeah. It's about relationship yeah. with God, yeah. knowing what Christ mm-hmm. came in and did, that yep. Christ came to save the sinner of whom I am chief. Yep. I am chief. I am by no means, shape, or form the model of Christianity in any way, shape, yeah. or form. I am I'm, I, I, I'm of yeah. all men most miserable, yeah. to be honest, yep. because I understand how small I am but how big of a God I serve. So, Anthony, it's so true, and, and to bounce off what you said, the smallness of humanity yeah. and, and the vast greatness of God, some of the tactics used by those clinging on to that tradition, the man-made peace, because they have power. Yeah. When they have this secret divine interpretation, <laughs> this private interpretation of, of you know, uh, there's a certain religion that a man saw an angel, and the angel gave him a hat. He looked in the hat. Now, you guys, we could say a whole other podcast. The guy looks in the hat, and, the, and there's rocks in the hat, and the rocks start speaking to him, and he starts writing things down. Okay, that is that is a private interpretation that is extra biblical, not true. Okay, all right. So, so the thing is, is when but when we have private interpretation, then we have power. And we hold on to that power. We, as I'm t- when I say religious, re- hyper religious leaders, and they will use here's, here's the tactics that the enemy will use well meaning people to use fear, intimidation. They will use um, um, hyper spiritualization, private interpretation to intimidate people into following the set set of rules that are not scriptural based at all. So they will embarrass. They will humiliate. They will. They will actually excommunicate and and set aside anyone who who questions the deity or truth that that's spoken in that moment. But seeking the face of God to know Him in the depth of who He is, in light of His Scripture through His Holy Spirit, is the only way. And then, not being intimidated. By, by religious pomp and circumstance and not being intimidated by groups who may, who may disown or, or excommunicate us for not, for not following a tradition or, or of man that's created by, by men for men, but following after Jesus. See, the thing is, is we're not trying to be accepted into a club. We're, we're, we're not worried so much about performance. We're worried about perfection. What do you mean perfection? Perfection in the scripture's context means complete. 
I've, I've heard that said so many times out of context that, that you have to be perfect. Yeah, you do have to be perfect in light of the scripture if you understand what that means. In humanity's eyes, perfect means you've never sinned, you've never done nothing wrong. You're, you're, you know, no, perfect in the scripture means you're complete. You lack nothing. So God has filled in every blank, and you're complete and whole in that moment. So um, I'm here today to encourage you to seek the face of God, know him, know his word, know his scripture, and and don't follow after everything that just shines and shimmers and understand that emotionalism, hyper-spiritualism, and intimidation are tactics used to try to hold and bind people up. But Jesus said in his word that, that who he sets free is free indeed. Are we free to sin? No. no. We're freedom from religion, freedom from being under bondage of sin, freedom from being under bondage of tradition and culture because Jesus transcends them all and his blood covers us and his Holy Spirit drives us and moves us forward. If you have made it to the end of this podcast, you are either encouraged or you are sitting back thinking these two guys are two absolute nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. Maybe a little bit of both. But I like the way Jamie ended that today, guys. And as we begin to close, it's your relationship with God. It's not about your religion in any way, shape, or form. It's about your relationship with the Father. Knowing the word of the Lord. Being able to give an account for the hope that's set inside of you, according to 1 Peter 3.15, with meekness and with fear. Knowing what God has done, knowing what he's going to do, knowing that he changes not, knowing that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That he's still God, he's still on the throne, he's not bound by man's wisdom, he's not bound by man's restrictions, he's not bound by man's limitations. He is an ever-compassing, in, in, ever never-ending holy righteous god and we are his children and his people and if you don't know him today in a free pardon of sin i encourage you to read his word to learn about him to count the cost and to know a father that sticks closer than a brother that loves through thick and thin that is indescribable in the love and mercy that he has for his people. Guys, thanks for listening in. Anthony, way to close it out. Until next time, guys, keep it real. We love you. Thank you for listening to The Real Life Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Please share a comment and follow us on Facebook. And until next time, keep it real.